of the less well-known characters in the Easter story. Um, and today we're looking at the centurion um, who had one line in there. He was the guy, the soldier that said, surely this was the Son of God. Or maybe not, because there's possibly two centurions. So in one of the other uh, bits of the Bible, sometimes the guards that guarded Jesus' tomb, one of them is referred to as the centurion. So I'm going to cheat and I'm going to look at both of them. So the first reading that we've got, um, that talks about the centurion. It actually calls him the captain of the guard. Um, and in the first reading, it's the guy who was in our video clip, the one that had the little wrist sundial, if you noticed, when it got dark and he was, couldn't get it to work. Um, the one who said, this is the Son of God. So can we have our, our first reading? The guides are going to bring us our, our first reading. Thank you. Matthew 27, verses 27 to 56. The message, the crucifixion. The soldiers assigned to the governor took Jesus to the governor's palace and got the entire brigade together for some fun. They stripped him and dressed him in a red toga and plaited a crown of branches of a thorn bush and set it on his head. They put a stick in his right hand for a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mocking reverence. Bravo, the king of Jews, they said. Bravo. Then they spit on him and hit him on the head with the stick. When they had their fun, they took off the toga and put on his own clothes back on him. They proceeded out to the crucifixion. Along the, along the way, they came on a man from Cyrene, named Simon, and made him carry Jesus' cross, arriving to Golgotha, Golgotha, the place they call Skull Hill. Then they offered him a, pain, a mild painkiller, a mixture of wine and myrrh, but when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. After they had finished nailing him to the cross and were waiting for him to die, they, they whiled away the time by throwing dice for his clothes. Above his head, they had posted the criminal charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Along with him, they also crucified two criminals, one to his right, the other to his left. People passed along the road, cheered, shaking their heads in mock lament. You bragged that you could tear down the temple and then rebuild it in three days. So show us your stuff. Save yourself. If you're really God's son, come down from that cross. The high priests, along with the religion scholars and leaders, were right there, mixing it up with the rest of them, having a great time poking fun at him. He saved others. He can't save himself. King of, the, of Israel, is he? Then let him get down from that cross. We'll all become believers then. He was so sure, well, let, he was so sure of God, well, let him rescue his son now, if he wants him. He did claim to be God's son, didn't he? Even the two criminals crucified next to him joined in the mockery.
From noon to three, the whole earth was dark. Around mid-afternoon, Jesus groaned out of the depths, crying loudly, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some bystanders who heard him said, he's calling for Elijah. One of them ran and got a sponge soaked in sour wine and lifted it on a stick so he could drink. The others joked, don't be in such a hurry. Let's see if Elijah comes and saves him. But Jesus, again, crying out loudly, breathed his last. At that moment, the temple curtain was ripped in two, top to bottom. There was an earthquake and rocks were split in pieces. What's more, tombs were opened up and many bodies of believers asleep in their graves were raised. After Jesus' resurrection, they left the tombs, entered the holy city and appeared to many. The captain of the God and those with him, when they saw the earthquake and everything else that was happening, were scared to death. They said, this has to be the Son of God. There were also quite a few women watching from a distance, women who had followed Jesus from Galilee in order to serve him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the Zebedee brothers. Now, it's not often done in church, but I think that reading deserves a round of applause because that was brilliant. Well done, girls. There were some really tricky words in there that you'd read brilliantly. Um, and the reason we get you to read it is because I couldn't have done it. Um, it was, I'm sorry, it was a long reading, but it was kind of like I either needed to be that long to make it make sense or just ridiculously short, so I went for long. Um, and that's only the first one. I have this theory that the longer the reading is, the less I have to say. So, so that, that one was the captain of the guard. Okay, now we're going to move through the Easter story, which we saw before, to the Sunday morning. So Jesus died on the Friday, and then following the Jewish custom, he was buried before sunset on the Friday night. And that's because in the Jewish custom, the day changes at sunset rather than at sunrise. So the, the next day was the Sabbath, it was a holy day, and it was a special holy day, so they really didn't want to have Jesus' dead body hanging around, and they didn't want to be burying him on that day, so they, they rushed him down and they buried him quickly on the, on the Friday evening. After he was buried, the Jewish leaders asked Pilate if he would seal the tomb up because they were worried that Jesus' disciples was going to come and steal the body and then claim that Jesus had risen from the dead. So we're going to pick up the story now, early on the Sunday morning. This is Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 15, risen from the dead. After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb. Suddenly the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garments shimmered, snow white. The guards at the tomb 
were scared to death. They were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the women. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised, just as he said. Come and look at the place where he was placed. Now get on your way quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead. He is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. That's the message. The women, deep in wonder and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. They fell to their knees, embraced his feet, and worshipped him. Jesus said, you're holding on to me for dear life. Don't be frightened like that. Go tell my brothers that they are to go to Galilee, and I'll meet them there. Meanwhile, the guards had scattered, but a few of them went into the city and told the high priest everything that had happened. They called a meeting of the religious leaders and came up with a plan. They took a large sum of money and gave it to the soldiers, bribing them to say, his disciples came in the night and stole the body while we were sleeping. They assured them, if the governor hears about your sleeping on duty, we will make sure you don't get blamed. The soldiers took the bribe and did as they were told. That story, cooked up in the Jewish High Council, is still going around. Thanks, John. So we've had two bits of the story and two different groups of soldiers. We've had the one who saw Jesus dying on the cross, and then we've had the ones who saw Jesus rising from the dead. Now, the first one, probably fairly easy to explain to people, and there were a lot of people around who saw Jesus dying on the cross. But the second lot, there was only the soldiers and the women. And they saw an angel coming down, and they saw light, and they saw this massive stone being rolled to one side. And that probably would have been quite hard to explain to people. Have you ever seen something that's really difficult to explain? Or have you ever seen something really incredible that you wanted to tell everybody about? There's a, an advert that's doing the rounds at the moment of someone trying to explain something really difficult to explain. And actually, I think there's probably a simpler way of explaining it, but the way he's explained it makes it sound even more crazy. So can we, can we see that, Colin? Because a horse ran into the road wearing a dress. And who comes chasing after it? A tin man. I would recognize the tin man if I saw him again. Who also had a red dress on. It was more like a, a kaftan, a tabard, poncho. It's not what you see every day on the way to Aylesbury, is it? Some things are tricky to explain. So at Aviva, we added a dash cam to our drive app. Search Aviva dash cam. Other insurance companies are available. So the guy had seen a knight who'd fallen off his horse and the horse had run across the road and the knight in armor was chasing after it. But he managed to make it sound like a horse in a dress and a man in a tin man in a dress. and It just sounded ridiculous, didn't it? So I wonder if that's what the second group of soldiers were worried about. They thought, we've got to tell somebody what's happened here. 
We were sent to guard this tomb to stop this guy from being, this guy's body from being stolen. And then suddenly this angel's appeared and it's rolled the stone. Nobody's going to believe us if we tell them this. And I noticed in the readings, both groups of soldiers, it said they were really scared, scared to death. Probably wet their pants, to be honest. I would have. Um, but they both reacted entirely differently. The first one, there's a story um, that some of the adults might have heard before about a, a film that was made years and years ago with an actor who was really famous at the time called John Wayne in it. And he played that soldier. And he was famous for having quite a kind of dry voice, if you like. In fact, because I've got a bit of a sore throat at the moment, it probably sounds a little bit closer to it than it would normally. And so he had to do that line about surely this was the Son of God. And they did the first scene, and he's standing there at the bottom of the cross, a bit like this actually. And Jesus has died, and he looks up and he goes, Ah, surely this was the Son of God. And the director says, that's, that's great, John. That's really good. Fantastic. But I just wonder if you could put a bit more awe into it. It's a bit more awe, please. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, surely this was the Son of God. That's our first centurion. Who saw what a lot of other people saw. And other people were laughing and saying, he's not the son of God. He told us he was the son of God. If he was really the son of God, he'd be able to get down off that cross himself. And he watched what happened. And he saw Jesus dying. And he heard Jesus shouting that, Eli, Eli. I can't remember what it is, and I'm not going to try and say it. Not as, well as, not as well as you did. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me here? And his reaction wasn't to laugh like everybody else. It was to say, this guy really was the Son of God. This guy really was who he said he was all along. This guy was for real. Then we go to the second group of soldiers who in fairness saw something perhaps even more incredible with fewer witnesses. But they saw Jesus rising from the dead. They saw something that so few people actually saw that it's not really recorded in the Bible. And in fact, they're the, the, the reading in Matthew is the only place where these soldiers are mentioned. And most of them were, well, they were all scared. Most of them ran away. And as far as we know, they didn't tell anyone. But the others went to tell the leaders. Now, they quite probably went to tell the leaders to say, you'll never guess what we've seen. You'll never guess you know you said, you know that guy, the one, and, and he said, and he was going to see, and come back, and, and he did. And there was an angel in the stone, and it was amazing. You should have seen, and they went, you, you can't tell people that. You can't tell people that. That's just too, too crazy, too dangerous. If that's true, then everything else he said is true, and no, no, we don't want that. So, here's some money. Don't tell anyone. If anyone tells you, asks you what happened, say, oh, don't know, I fell asleep. I didn't see anything. These, these pals must have come and stolen the body in the middle of the night because I never saw anything. They saw it. They saw the most amazing thing that's ever happened in the world. And they let people persuade them to tell a lie about it. 
And the thing is, that is happening all the time. And we all do it in some ways. People will ask us, what are you doing on Sunday morning? I, I work, uh, with, work with, work for the Environment Agency on, on, on flood risk. And because of all the rain last night, they were ringing people around saying, we need people to do a, a shift in the, in the incident control room. Two o'clock on Sunday morning till ten o'clock. Can you can you come and do it? And I said, No, I'm I'm busy on Sunday morning. Because I didn't want to say, Well, I'm 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 taking the church service on Sunday morning. Because I thought they'd maybe say, Get you. But I should have. It's nothing to be shy about. It's not like I can pretend I'm not doing it now, is it? Unless you might think, Well, I'd rather you hadn't. It's dead easy to just play it down what you're doing, doing, or to be at school or at work and people say, you don't believe in that Jesus stuff, do you? You don't go to church, do you? No, 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 not me. And you might not believe. You might not know that Jesus was the Son of God who died because a price had to be paid for all the bad things that have happened before and will happen in future. And that Jesus coming back to life was God proving that he had control over life and death. So you might be like the first guard, seeing that or hearing about that for the first time. And your reaction might be, this guy was for real. That was everything that the Bible says. I've only got it on an app on my phone. I should have waved a Bible, but you know what I mean. Everything the Bible says, everything that Jesus said in the Bible about being the Son of God, about sins being forgiven, about eternal life, it's all true. Or you might be like the second bunch of guards. And you might even be sitting here thinking, sounds convincing to me, I hope so. But then you might meet other people, have you been at church? You don't believe that stuff, do you? You don't believe any of that, do you? Oh, no, 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 it was, it was just all, it's all just mumbo-jumbo. It's all just made-up nonsense. Because like that Bible reading says, that story's still going round now. People still say, no, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. His disciples came and nicked the body in the middle of the night. It's not true. And we all get that choice. We all get the choice to be the first centurion and say, surely this was the Son of God. With or without the awe, you don't have to do the all. Or we get the choice to say, oh, sound, all, sounds a bit, all sounds a bit much to me. I don't think it's true. I think it's all made up. So as we're coming up to Easter, you might be thinking about Easter. You might hear more about Easter, whether it's at school or whether it's because you come to other things at church or, or whatever it is. But this Easter, God's given you the choice. He's saying, do you want to say, surely this was the Son of God? Or do you want to say, oh, sounds like made-up mumbo-jumbo to me. 